Section 21 of Sir Francis Drake by Julian Corbett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 11 The Battle of Gravelines, Part 3. What had happened could not be seen from the English decks. As the fire ships passed through the enemy's anchorage, other fires seemed to rise, but it was not till the grey dawn broke that they knew not a single spanish ship had caught fire in its chief object the terrible stroke had failed but in its lesser aim it had succeeded entirely the armada was dislodged and the bulk of it was seen still flying in disorder to the north-northeast the san martin had hove to and with a little group of galleons about her was firing guns and signalling to recall her panic-stricken flock Nearer still, the most splendid of the four galleasses was seen, shattered with a collision, struggling with oars and foresail to get under the guns of Calais Castle. Then Howard weighed. Every arrangement had been made for completing the work the fire ships had left undone, and the whole fleet was ready to fling itself into the confusion in one last cast to fight till it could fight no more. The Lord Admiral was to lead drake was to follow and seymour to come last but there was more need for rapid action than any one had dreamed for no one expected that the whole eight fire-ships could have missed all sail was crowded on seeing her signal disregarded the san martin was making for the flying armada and trying to rally it off gravelines lest it should be swept to leeward of dunkirk and already the finest ships were going about to form upon her in the old unassailable order the rest were luffing more and more to clear the flemish sands and perhaps under cover of the gathering rearguard to tack and return with the tide to their anchors everything hung on whether the attack could be pushed home before the enemy had formed it was a question almost of minutes and in that supreme moment the Lord Admiral was found wanting. For him, the magnificence of the labouring Gallius was too tempting a lure. Unable for all his courage to comprehend the new tactics, his only idea was to pluck his enemy feather by feather, and as he came athwart Calais he turned aside. For the sake of capturing a vessel already out of action, he risked the last chance of destroying the whole armada one tremor of irresolution and all might have been lost but there was none it was the hour for which francis drake had been born and without a glance at his commander in all his heroic directness of purpose he led the fleet onward nearly the whole of the captains obeyed his lead as in grim silence the revenge bore down straight for the group in which the san martin towered not a shot was fired till almost within pistol range her bow guns were let fly at sidonia luffing immediately she next plunged in her broadside at point-blank range and with that deadly salute passed on enveloped in smoke close at drake's heels were frobisher in the triumph and hawkins in the victory and others enough to deal with the san martin and her friends beyond was another group of giants trying to form on sidonia's flank on these drake fell and was lost again in a fiery cloud away to the starboard arose the roar of winter's guns and seymours as in like manner they dealt with other knots of the disordered rearguard 
on every side the last great battle in the west was raging with fury unexampled after three hours howard with lingerers came up and as he plunged into the heart of it with timely aid the fury of the fight grew fiercer still eyes had never seen the like old hands who had fought at lepanto swore it was child's play to this there was no thought of prize or quarter as each galleon's fire ceased and she was seen to settle another was taken in hand nor were the spaniards less determined though the english gunners plied them three or four to one though beside their nimble enemy they moved like logs they would not hear of surrender the commander of one galleon stabbed a man who was in the act of hauling down his colours drake's rear admiral cross sank another at his side with its flag still flying and its captain's defiance ringing in his ears they were as short of ammunition as the english and when their cannon shot was spent they defended their splintered and leaking vessels with musketry till frantic with the carnage mariners leapt overboard by scores to be picked up by the busy pinnaces of the english let the roll of those who for the lifelong day endured the storm to save the rest from the sands be remembered by the conquerors levia recalde aquiendo pimental enriquez and francisco de toledo all were there and many more the flower of spanish chivalry fighting to the last almost without power of resistance as the water rushed in beneath their feet drake's decision at the critical moment had had its effect they had never been able to more than half form but back to back as it were in little groups they had to endure the resolute charges of the english who surrounded them and for six hours the battle had continued shuffled together and almost unmanageable the spanish ships had by this time lost all semblance of the crescent formation of the forty vessels that had been cut off from the rest of the armada only sixteen were left at the last some had fled one had sunk another was sinking and a third was derelict about three o'clock it began to rain heavily and the fire of necessity slackened but for three hours more a desultory fight continued as sidonia took advantage of the lull to gather the shattered battleships together for retreat no one cared to press them hard the bulk of the armada was already to leeward of dunkirk the english powder was almost exhausted and the breath of the lord of hosts was now sweeping the spaniards to utter destruction with the rain the wind had changed and freshened it was blowing dead on the treacherous coast of the netherlands the sea was getting up and breaking over the decks of the labouring galleons and drake himself riddled with shot was content to hang upon the skirts of the flying enemy till he could see them one by one engulfed in the sands on their lee all through the dark and blustering night he clung upon them and watched with his triumphant fleet on their weather quarter he knew that half of them dare not tack and the rest could not for their wounds yet inch by inch the squally northwest wind drifted them nearer their doom for such an hour drake's whole life had been lived the life he had lived for vengeance on the idolaters and england's enemy his life had been one long tragedy and now as he gazed over the lee bow of the revenge in grim exhilaration he waited for the terrible catastrophe the night gave way to day 
and still the armada was striving fruitlessly with a wind as relentless as the demon at its heels all day the agony was prolonged and as the last hour approached with the waning light once more the spanish crews fell down in prayer but now it was not for victory six fathoms had been sounded then five and god alone the pilots said could save the fleet and then it was at the eleventh hour that drake had to own that vengeance was the lord's suddenly the wind dropped and then sprang up from the south with a cry of thanksgiving the spanish helms were thrust down in a few minutes the armada was standing northward out to sea and once more by the act of god at the very moment when his vengeance seemed accomplished the enemy had been wrested from drake's grip we have the army of spain before us he wrote to walsingham on the following night and mind with the grace of god to wrestle a fall with them there was never anything pleased me better than the seeing the enemy flying with southerly wind to the northward god grant you have a good eye to the duke of parma for with the grace of god if we live i doubt not but ere it be long so to handle the matter with the duke of sidonia as he shall wish himself at st marie port among his orange trees god give us grace to depend upon him so we shall not doubt victory for our cause is good so on the heels of the flying armada he cheerily announced its escape and the grim resignation of the last words alone betray how sorely the puritan's faith was tried it was the last day of july yesterday winter and seymour had been sent back to their old station in the channel to watch dunkirk and drake under peremptory orders from court had just sent his prisoners ashore he was short of ammunition he was weary watching the long struggle seemed about to begin all over again and yet no note was coming from him but hope and cheerful endeavour for two days he and howard with the rest continued the chase but they were not destined to wrestle a fall to the northward of the dogger bank the long-expected tempest came rolling up out of the west and drake knew for a while at least that the country was safe constantly threatened with attack the spaniards were holding resolutely to their old formation and thus as he had first caught sight of it in the gathering darkness with the wild storm-rack flying over it drake bid the armada farewell and through the rising sea ran for the coast of scotland to save himself from the wrath to come End of section twenty one